We are back. It's your boy Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from where else? Out of breath. How to run downstairs to get a battery for the on-air light. Philanthropy and focus is the name of the show. Do you know I have to go up two flights of stairs to get up to my attic just below the roof? You know, like the roof, the attic, and the kitchen is way, way downstairs. Two flights down. It's your boy Tommy D. Out of breath. Every single Friday, we bring another leader of a nonprofit organization virtually into my attic. They don't really come to my attic, but eventually I've said in that movie, Wayne's World, when they wanted to give Wayne and Garth that show, they had to recreate Wayne's basement in the sound studio. One day, somebody's going to recreate my attic in the studio somewhere, Mike Billia, and maybe you'll be the first guest in the fake attic. We'll see. But every week I do this show And I will do this show every week until I can't do it anymore because nonprofits change our world each and every moment of each and every day, making incredible impact on the front lines with social services, with healthcare services, with putting food in the hands of people who need, with putting these services, whether they be legal services in communities that are affected by the criminal justice system. Nonprofits are businesses that change our world, make social impact. Shout out to the New York City Imagine Awards. Shout out to the Long Island Imagine Awards. I got to tell you that because the Imagine Awards out here on Long Island are coming up in just a matter of weeks. And the New York City Imagine Awards applications are out right now. So Google NYC Imagine Awards, go to nycimaginewards.com. If you are a organization that serves individuals in the five boroughs in New York City, make sure you apply for one of the Imagine Awards. I am out of breath. I am fired up. Every single Friday, I have this great opportunity to have these special conversations. My guest today, Mike Billia, and I go back. I mean, I looked down at my notes, and I know you have a golf outing for life's work coming up. But I mean, I think the original way you and I started to connect was at golf outings, to be honest with you, right? And I think our friend Brendan Levy, shout out Brendan to Queen's Chamber of Commerce, so Brendan and Tom Gretsch just earlier this week. At an event, I was uh, moderating with the Bayside Business Association. But, uh, Mike, you were, you're a great golfer. I'm a great golfer, right? I mean, that's why they put us in these golf outings, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't use the word great, but we enjoy ourselves. We do enjoy ourselves. And, and I will tell you, I said uh, I made a video leading up to the show and said, you know, that Mike, Billy, and I know each other for a number of years here on Long Island, and we would constantly run into each other at nonprofit events as business people. I've been in the insurance and, and payroll and HR business and sales for a long time. And, you know, and Mike certainly in over 30 years, 38 years in banking. So, but the thing about it for me, and I, I hope what we're going to talk about a lot today with Mike is, is the work that businesses and nonprofits do together. When I say businesses, I should say for-profit businesses and the nonprofit sector, some of that strategy stuff in Mike, some of, you know, I, I was reading earlier in the week when I did a video and I got a kick out of it because you are an active member of the board for the Michael Magro Foundation, past board member. We talked about this right before the show, Options for Community Living. My friend Yolanda Romano Gross, I will be at an event with Options tonight. Girls Inc., APEC. Is that uh, Ali Pond Environmental? Yes, it is. They're, yep. Yeah, they're, they're a client of ours uh, at Vanguard Benefits. Uh, and obviously Queens Chamber of Commerce, where like I think a lot of our connections and I think what probably happened is Brendan Levy, who was another great golfer, invited you and I to play <laughs> golf one time. And I think that's how it all started. But what I really want to hear from you today, Mike, is we talked about, but I want to set the stage for everybody else, is your background, the work you've done professionally, and a lot of that journey that has taken you to this role as the chief administrative officer of life's work. I mean, I, I would imagine much of the relationships you've developed and built and nurtured over the years are, are still part of your world and the work you're doing now. And, and I want to talk about that. So right. really at this point, I've talked a lot, which I do for the first four minutes of the program and most and much of my other life. But in right. this in this particular forum, I really want this to be you telling us some stories. Tell us about your journey. You know, I know you've been involved with life's work for many, many years. Uh, on the board side, and then obviously in this in this relatively new role over the last eight months. So at this point, why don't you just take us down down memory lane, tell us sure. your story, and uh, I'll I'll pepper in some questions as we go through. Great. Well, I want to first of all thank you for putting me on the show. Really appreciate it. You know, as you said, we've been friends for a long time. Um, I'm not sure who's the better golfer, but we're pretty bad. 
both of us are pretty good. But um, you know, my, my career journey has been very interesting. You know, when I graduated from college, I actually was a social worker. I ring, um, I, and my wife and I, who I'm still married to, Marianne, who I think is on the podcast. Hey, Marianne. So we, we did, we did um, internships at a place called Appalachian Youth Service, which was a, a um, program where it housed uh, delinquent boys in group homes. It was a transition wow. to back into community. And, you know, that kind of set, you know, my hunger around, I guess, and, and my appreciation for the people that work in this field, because, you know, as you know, you don't get paid a lot, but you learn a lot. Mm. And, you know, one thing that the group home did for me initially was I was 20 years old and it made me grow up very quickly. It made mm. me also appreciate the things that I, my parents gave me growing up. And I think it made us, both of us, better parents with our children too. So, you know, it was a, it was a great experience. We did it for a couple of years. We moved back to New York. I was trying to get a job in social work. Unfortunately, if you don't have a master's, mm -hmm. it's very hard to get a job. So a friend of my wife's actually got me a job in banking. Well, actually in a, in Dean Witter, which a lot of people wouldn't remember, the investment firm. Sure. And I ended up using that as a springboard to, to a long career in banking where I've held, you know, many, many different positions. But, you know, one of the nice parts about, I think, in banking was I was given the opportunity to be exposed to a lot of different companies, including not-for-profits. Mm -hmm. I was with the Bank of New York. I, I was fortunate to work for several people, uh, and one, especially Ed O'Donnell, who really got me involved in working with the not-for-profit world. And he was kind of my introduction to this field and how banks help through sponsorships and volunteer that worked at what we did. And it, it always stayed with me. And, and actually, Life's Work was the first not-for-profit I really got involved with. Is that right? I got it through Vicki Schnapps, sure. as well as Ed O'Donnell. And, um, you know, I had an on and off relationship for probably over 30 years yeah. with them. But, you know, in my banking career, I was fortunate to work for a lot of banks that gave back to the communities. The, mo the best bank I worked for which has just recently been taken over with Investors Bank. That's how I know you. That And that's how, just to interrupt you for a sec, that's how we connected. And and I, my, as you're telling this story, my curiosity is going, you know, how much of that investor's culture plays into what Mike is doing? Because I was able to be a witness to see what investors did, specifically here on Long Island. But yes, obviously I'm in the city as well, but my, Long Island's my hometown, right? And just to see how ingrained in the nonprofit community investors was, was, was for me, just, it, it showed a great model. Tell me the Kevin, who was the CEO? So Kevin Cummings was the CEO, Dominic Hamill was the president. And I tell the story a lot. Um, you know, when you, when you're employed, no matter what position at investors, um, no matter what level you went through orientation. So yep. it was a three day orientation uh, program in, in New Jersey, the first two days you learned about the company, but the third day you worked in a soup kitchen. And if you weren't allowed to work in the soup kitchen, you, you, you know, if you didn't want to work in the soup kitchen, you couldn't work there. They that was it. Used to, used to write your check and say, see you later. That's so incredible. Kind of, kind of I got chills. The, yeah, it set, the, it set the tone for going forward. Um, we were lucky because both of those individuals really wanted to get back to the community. I think they personally felt a strong need that, you know, they were lucky, not lucky, they were very successful in their careers. But, you know, and part of that was being part of being involved in communities and serving the community. So Investors Bank was a unique bank. It really was, and it was a great bank to work for. But we were allowed to join boards. We were allowed to sponsor stuff. I had, a, you know, I, we were allowed to give money to charities that, you know, helped the communities. We wanted to be a community bank. Yeah. We wanted our branches to be part of the community. We wanted our people to be part of the community. So we volunteered to do a lot of stuff. That's how I became involved with the book fairies. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, the Townwide Fund of Huntington, you know, all of that kind of came out of the investors focus on giving back to the communities. And it made it a really, really nice place to work. So, you know, from my standpoint, I think I've been very fortunate that way because I've been able to get involved in a couple of different ways and on the volunteerism side of it, but also on donating money through sponsorships to support different programs and different agencies. Um, and then being a board member was kind of one of the 
best, I think, growing experience for me because, you know, I started with Girls Inc. And I was the first male on the Girls Inc. board. Love it. And it was very interesting. I'm sure. Very, and, um, you know, Renee was fantastic. She took me under her wing and I, I really learned a lot from her. You know, from there, I, I got on different, the Ali Pond board. I was never really on their board, more so I was their honoree, but I got okay. very involved with them. I, um, you know, I, I was able to, to uh, Oxford Community Living, I was, was on it. Uh, life's work, I was the vice chair at one point. So, you know, I was able to see different agencies in different parts of Long Island and in, in Queens mm -hmm. and Chamber of Commerce with Tom yeah. was, was fantastic. So, you know, we, we really were able to, you know, the bank gives the ability to really expand our horizons, get out there and support all these different agencies. You know, a couple of things in my career that I, that I think back on, you know, last year, I was honored by the Moxie. I got the uh, exoneree for Moxie, which was the empowerment of women. And, I, and I, that to me meant a lot to me because that was something that my staff recommended me for. Mm. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, Bill Brown, who used to be our chief uh, retail officer, was the honoree for Life's Work. And I still say to this day, he uh, gave one of the best speeches ever at the gala. And, you know, so I've been fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of really great people. You know, when I when I think of Life's Work, you know, we have Matt Sabato's our our CEO. I mean, you know, I've learned a lot about fundraising. I learned a lot about capital programs and about just being, you know, a good person. And I think that's what really, you know, makes me excited every day is that we're making a difference. We are changing how things are done. And, you know, I say this in my new position all the time, not everyone can work in some of the positions that are required. Uh, so, you know, we have people that work in the homes. That, that's a tough job. And not everyone can do that. And we, and we really should appreciate the people that do the day-to-day -day heavy lifting because that's a tough job. I have an easy job. Yeah. The, the people under me have a, have a very tough job. I want yeah. I, I to want, I want talk about some of that stuff, you know, the, the work that both your associates do, the people that work for you, and then even, you know, an angle on the vocational side for the participants and folks that you serve. We'll talk about that you know, in a couple minutes when we come back from a break. But I think, um, you know, you and I are certainly agree on the fact that the individual employees, associates, stakeholders that serve our participants are, are on the front lines and do not, in a lot of ways, get the accolades they deserve. These are people who, who work hard to protect our family members who might have a disability. Again, we're talking about an organization that works with 2,000 individuals, if I'm not mistaken, each year in the disability yes. space. I want to look back at the website um, across residential programs and, and community programs as well. But we're talking about individuals who, um, you know, who are not earning significant funds for for the work they do, but they are there every each and every day taking care of members of other people's families. Uh, so we'll talk some about that. Before we go to break, I just want to shout out some people. Uh, Mike dropped a couple of names, and, and these are people certainly important in our community. Renee Daniel Flagler, Girls Inc. of Long Island, my friend, my mentor in a lot of ways. I appreciate you. Appreciate all you do for the Long Island community and helping girls become strong, smart, and bold. And that's and I need you actually met uh, some folks from an organization called I Try last night. They help middle school girls out on the east end of Long Island compete in triathlons, not just compete, but prepare for triathlons. And I was like, you need to know Girls Inc. And, and Girl Scouts with Tammy Severino. Shout out to Tammy and Nariki over at Girl Scouts of Suffolk County. And then the other, you dropped Tom's name, Tom Gratch, our friend, another buddy of mine, you know, over at the Queen's Chamber of Commerce, uh, CEO and president of the Queen's Chamber. Just want to, if you want to know who these folks are, these are leaders in our community gang, and you just got to connect with Tommy D and I'll help you uh, get connected to these people. We are going to go to a quick break. Mike Billia, Chief Administrative Officer. It's a big old title. I want to know what it actually means when we come back from <laughs> <laughs> well, you only got eight months in, in the seat. You don't know exactly what it is yet. We will figure that out when we come back. We'll talk about the work the organization is doing, the impact. 50 years. You know, I've been in Vicki Schnapp's office on Bell Boulevard in Queens at the Courier office and seen the pictures with Vicki and Geraldo and, and the story back to Willowbrook many, many years ago. Gang, if you don't know the history, maybe Mike and I will get into it today. But it's just a matter of an organization 
that started out something smaller and makes a drastic impact each and every day. But that's what we do here in Philanthropy Focus. Your boy, the nonprofit sector connector. Quick break. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Cut through all the static, join Tommy in his attic. I promised you that 2023, I would take singing lessons. And it is the 31st of March, 2023. And from when I hear myself sing, I don't even know that I need singing lessons. You might differ. Send me your opinion. Send me a note. Let me know. See a lot of folks checking in on Facebook. Let me know, Mick Collins. How are the pipes? Am I singing well? Uh, I am going to do that, Mike. I always fancy myself a crooner, you know, like Sinatra, Tony Bennett. Actually, saw Tony Bennett at a place called Paula Resort and Casino out in um, in California many, many, many years ago, about 17, 18 years ago. I was away for President's Club with ADP, where I used to work. It's actually how I met Vicky Schnepps many years ago on Bell Boulevard because uh very involved in the Bayside Business Association. Our office for ADP was on Bell. But, I, I, you know, Harry Connick Jr., you know, I just fancy myself a crooner. Maybe I just got to, you know, take some lessons, Mike. Anyway, back to, back to the show, back to the story, back to what's going on. You started to mention some of the people that work in your organization. And, and you know, I think it's interesting. And it's the, you, you said, uh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't be working in a group home setting or a residential setting and do that, those types of services. And I think... Um, I hear you. And I don't know that I could do that either. And I think it it takes me in a lot of directions what I want to talk about. But the one thing I'll say is it takes certain compassionate people to do the work on the front lines as an organization like yours. Uh, And I see it a lot. I spend a lot of time in nonprofit, as we know, but also a lot of time in nonprofits that serve, I say, our community, community of uh, uh, individuals with IDD, as we say now, intellectual and developmental disabilities. Um, I I made a joke the other day. I tend to do that sometimes. And I probably said what I'm about to say on this show before. But I suck at a lot of things. I am not good at many things. I'm good at a handful of things, maybe three or four things that I'm pretty good at. I think we as a society need to focus and accentuate what individuals are good at, what individual skill sets and talents are, and not say that people cannot do things. We just need to find what people are good at. So there's a lot of ideas that come out of that for me. I think, um, you know, I'm on the board of the Spirit of Huntington Art Center, which you know we've met. 
know you know Michael Katakis and the team over there, but I bring up Spirit of Huntington because we have an artworks program. Vocation is so incredibly important. And as we know in our community, as individuals age out, turn 21 and are no longer in the school systems and no longer have programs, it takes for vocational organizations or rather organizations that offer vocational programs, similar to the artworks program where folks come out with a digital degree um, uh, um, to do website design, to do graphic artwork. In fact, which you may may or may not know, Mike, I think I might have told you this, but our company, Vanguard Insurance Agency, went through a rebrand, Vanguard Benefits, mission, vision, value, much of our social media, a lot of our content from the agency side is in collaboration with Spirit of Huntington. And these are people with varying abilities, people with different abilities. Gang, it's not about what people don't and cannot do. It's about where do we find what folks are really good at. And I say it tongue in cheek and I say it self-deprecating that I suck at a lot of things or I'm not good at a lot of things, but it's just to draw a point. Like I found the three or four things I'm pretty good at and I'm just going to do the hell out of those. And if we as individuals in a 70, 80 and 90 year life could figure out what the heck that is for each one of us, people have incredible skill sets that are overlooked because they're blocked out by bad thinking. Period. End of story. Soapbox. Put it away. It'll probably be back later on, but we'll put it away for now. Mike, let's talk about those people that are on the front lines that do the work. Let's talk about the programs. Let's talk about what life's work is about. What, are the, what does it look like? What are the deliverables? Please. So, so just to, to understand life's work, I think you have to understand our, our history. Um, you know, 51 years ago, um, you know, Vicki Schnapps, in conjunction with Geraldo, exposed Willowbrook. And in short, they changed the way we look at working with people with disabilities throughout the world. Mm-hmm. And it had a major impact. That's how life's work was kind of, um, that's how life's work was developed. So, you know, right now, over the 50 years, we've grown to 45 residential home programs where we house over 270 individuals. We have um, 12 non-residential programs that we run. And then we run a host of other things that we do for training with parents. We started a series of parent workshops things like that, to just educate people because the journey through the process, as I found out, is very tedious and very cumbersome and very confusing. What and process, so Mike? What do you, just go back a sec, Mike. What do you mean process? Process of what? Well, just that if you have a child who say I'll use on, on the spectrum, you know, it starts very early when this process has to start. And, you know, a lot of families are overwhelmed. They don't know what's going on. So we, we've started to provide you know, what's called a front door service where people, you know, are able to come to our organization. We can help them navigate through this because the navigation part with the state is not easy. And I'm not an expert on it, so I can't really tell you the ins and outs. Mm-hmm. But I know I've sat through the first program and I was almost like in shock of what a parent has to go through. So, you know, as an agency, we tried to help parents navigate that. You know, our group, our residential programs are, I think, um, top of the top of the line, you know, we, we spend a lot of time making sure that those homes are homes, you know, people that live there live there their whole lives. We we make it their house. And and we really spend a lot of time making sure that it feels like a home. And in saying that it comes with the staff that we we employ too. Yeah. you know, I think every age organization is now going through a staffing crisis. Um, you know, we we don't pay a whole lot of money. It's government funded. You know, anytime you work with the government, there's a lot of red tape that you have to go through. But the people that do work here and the people I've had the pleasure of working with are compassionate about what they do. They don't do it for the money. Right. They really don't do it for the money because but they do it because there's a compassion to to help people that I wouldn't even say are less fortunate, or they're just different. Yeah. Because some of them aren't less fortunate. Some of them just need, you know, help, help some help. So Support. very interesting. It's an interesting industry. And life's work has given me the ability to see it through the whole, like the whole range of things that go on. So, you know, you you, you said before, what does a chief administrative officer do? So I, I wear a lot of hats here. So I, I and I'll just go through my list. I'm, I'm in charge of compliance and um, quality. I, I'm in charge of maintenance. Well, I oversee maintenance and compliance. I oversee all the non-residential programs. I oversee the FCA, which is our family center for achievement now. We just rebranded that from autism to achievement. So I'll give, give a plug in for that. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Yep. We also oversee marketing and development and fundraising, run fundraising. 
And then the last thing is I oversee, I'm going to be overseeing workforce. How many hours a week do you work? Like 300? Uh, yeah, I have an easy job. My, my staff works 300. I, I, <laughs> I, but you know, you know, the fun part is, is that I, I, I oversee all this stuff, but I have such good people working for me. I have fun. Yeah. We, we, we laugh more than we argue. We, we look at each other. We're, we, we're a very creative group. Um, we work well as a team that we, that everyone has a say on my team. Everyone, no matter what you're in charge, if you're in charge of non-residential, you can still talk about marketing. We, sure. we like to get all that feedback. And it's, it's been a very, very interesting journey for me because there's a lot of really great talent here. So yes. I, I, I thank God every day that I have this talent because if I had to do this all by myself, I'd be in trouble. So it's, it's really, that's it. a shout out to my team. Yeah. yeah and that's it. And I appreciate you doing that. And, and it's, uh, it's sort of kind of, a, kind of an expected uh, piece of feedback I get from leaders of nonprofit organizations because they are hum, um, uh, humble folks who are like, look, it ain't about me. It's about the people that are doing the work with me. Right. And I love the word, team. And it's funny, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, you come from banking, I come from sales in, in the payroll space for a long time in HR. And I always used to laugh at that word team, you know, in the setting of um, sales team. Now, team means like you and I play soccer, let's say, right? And right. and I kick the ball to you and we're on the same team and you kick it back to me and one of us puts it in the net and that's teamwork, right? But I always used to get a kick out of it because for like one week a year when I was at ADP, for example, we would be uh, away together and we'd be celebrating together for like President's Club or something. And then for 49 and a half weeks of the year, people would be trying to take food off my plate. And I always felt like that is not exactly what a team, that's not a sales team. That doesn't sound right. So I always joked about that. But I know it about our agency. I think of us in terms of a team. I certainly think of, I, I am on a lot of teams and I don't mean athletically, but I play on a lot of teams, you know, whether it be with the nonprofit resource hub or the boards I sit on. But that word to me has a lot of meaning, Mike. And, and I think I'm hearing it from you as well, is that everybody's opinion is valid. Let's hear them. They, a lot of things aren't going to be correct, but put the ideas out there. Let's check it out. Let's let's put. I love I love those expo markers and a whiteboard. You know, let's let's write it on the whiteboard. Let's write it. Spell it wrong. Who cares? Get it on the board. Let's kind of get it up there and then say, "That's cool." Or let's try that one. And and then afterwards we look back and go, "Wow, that didn't make sense. That sucked or that didn't work out." But who? But, but we iterated. We did the thing right. So that to me is the fun about it. What do you say to that? Yeah. No. I think I think part of the part of being a leader is, is asking people to be creative, asking people to take chances and uh, asking people to make decisions and not every decision's right, but you know, you learn from that stuff. And we, you know, as a team, you win and lose. Yeah. You know, one of the things I really like here is that our whole focus is around the people we serve. That's our number one priority. Yeah. Every decision we make is about that. Every decision, everything we change is about that. And it, and it's really, and, it's it's very healthy atmosphere when when you make a decision. Someone will say, "Well, how does that affect the people we support?" And that's the main goal. So, you know, again, I you know not to, I think a lot of agencies do this, but I I, I can only talk about uh, life's work is is that's ingrained in our philosophy. That's ingrained in our DNA, and it, and it's 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 a really healthy atmosphere when it comes to working here. You know, the other thing, you know, you were talking about Spirit of Huntington. So right behind me, yeah, I have three pictures on my wall. You can see two of them, you know, um, in conjunction with Spirit of Huntington. We had five of our uh, people uh, win a, uh, get into their final for mm -hmm. their uh, painting. So we actually took the paintings. We had them enlarged. We have them up along the thing. We actually have our magazine, which I'll show you the cover, that we put all five of them oh, on it. Wow as part of our news newsletter that we send out. But this is the stuff that keeps us going. This is the stuff, the creative part, that we see the people that we support, they have a lot of abilities. They have, they, you know, they're, 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 I think people have a misconception sometimes. They have abilities and some really good abilities. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we try to do is make sure that we're always challenging our people too to be better than what they are. So we, we do a lot of stuff with Spirit of Huntington. They have a great art program. We we send our kids, uh, our guys there because we know that it'll teach them so, both socialization skills, but more also the ability and confidence 
that they can do some stuff. And, you know, it's, it's a it's a very interesting concept. You know, one of the nice parts I think also about life's work is we collaborate with a lot of different agencies. Um, we try to take the best of what we can find and incorporate it in our own programs, which keeps you know a lot of people very um, busy. Yeah, because we're always looking to get better. We're, we're always looking to get what's the ne- what? How can we improve this? So the FCA is one. Of the, you know, well, let's hold the FCA. Let, let, let's hold the FCA because we got to go to a quick break, and I want to give you time for that. So I, I want to take a couple points out of this, and we got you and I got to say hello to a friend of ours who's checking in. How does this affect the people we serve? Gang, if that's all we ever did was consider that as business professionals or as leaders of nonprofits, well, that sounds like a good idea. But how does that affect the people we serve? Well, that would be out of our budget. Okay, but how does that affect the people we serve? Should we do these things? And if that is your North Star as a business or a leader of a nonprofit organization or just, you know, in your community, if you run a business association, how does that affect the people we serve and always trying to improve and get better and be creative? Man, oh, man, philanthropy and focus was just an idea. It wasn't even a thing. It was just, I kept telling people, I'm going to do this show and I'm going to interview people. Now we're over 110 episodes of something that was just an idea. And do I make mistakes? Only every time I do the show. So my point of this is, yo, freaking try something. Just do it. Nike had an idea with that. Just do it. Just do it. Just do the thing. And if it don't work, cool. You found a way not to do it. I mean, I think it was, uh, it's Edison. I think he said when he found 10,000 ways not to create the incandescent bulb, right? John 10, he didn't say I failed 10,000 times. He goes, well, there's another way not to do it. So think about that. That's how you be creative. We got it. You and I need to send a hello to our friend Yolanda Rabano Gross because she's checking in. She says, Mike is awesome. And so is life's work. She's tra- So say hello to Yolanda. Thanks, Yolanda. I appreciate it. I do miss our board meetings. Well, we'll get, I should probably get you on the board back if, you, if you're missing that much. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do on the show. Put people on spot. Your boy, Tommy D, I'm just trying to get better. And today, I'm trying to be the best Tommy D that I could be. We'll be right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. You know, Tommy D, what you're about to say, that is so 2022. So here's the deal. I used to make the guests on the show, Mike Billia, sing the theme song usually when we come back from break. It's not happening. I'm not having it. That was pretty much the response. And I say I used to make them do it. Nobody ever did it. Um, but I will tell you, one friend of mine who loves the theme song is our friend Yolanda. And she's like, Tommy in the attic and the whole thing. So, <laughs> so Yolanda, I will see you at an event later tonight. Shout out to Suzanne Wittenberg, who is our friend and colleague over at the Spirit of Huntington Art Center. You know, I, in 1987, I want to make a quick shout out. Where did that go? 1987, President Reagan recognized March 
as developmental disabilities month to increase public awareness of the needs and the and the potential of Americans with developmental disabilities and to provide encouragement and opportunities they need to lead productive lives and achieve their full potential. My cousin Linda had special needs or intellectual and developmental disabilities. Uh, unfortunately, we lost Linda uh, when she was 31, about 10 or 11 years ago at this point. And we, in Linda's memory, we have the Lindy Lou Foundation. And just this past Sunday, we did the big Lindy Lou Classic at Syosset Lanes out here on Long Island. And all the money we raised through the Lindy Lou Foundation goes to organizations who are supporting this community, our community, people with different abilities, as I like to say. So that's shout out to President Reagan for, for his uh, vision on this. And in, in honor of these months, as I've said in the past, each month, we're going to feature another Awareness Month in conjunction with the work I'm doing here and in conjunction with what we're doing on the other side of Vanguard Benefits on the agency side, really educating folks on, on how benefits affect these different Awareness Months. But right back at it, Mike. Let's get into it. Let's talk programs. Let's talk kind of a day in the life. If I was to come on a tour with you, which we need to do, you know what I need, everybody, if you're listening? I need, I'm looking, I came up with this idea this morning, super early this morning when I was walking the new dog, Cheeto. I came up with this idea I think I need an intern who is maybe in a social media or a photography or a videography like coursework that maybe once a week or every two weeks or once a month, we go hang out together and I just go on tour facilities on Long Island of nonprofits, which I do anyway. But then I'm trying to like do this job where I'm like with my camera, my phone, trying to take videos or whatever. But I, I think if I had somebody just like my own young paparazzo, that comes out and we go on tour and it's the Tommy D show on location. So if you're listening out there in the world and you know a young person who wants to work and do some of that video skills and, and stuff like that, and uh, I'll make them laugh. We'll, we'll get them a couple bucks. We'll figure this thing out. And uh, I'm always good at taking people to lunch. I like that. And we'll definitely have plenty of caffeine. So, you know, screwing up the youth, giving them more caffeine, Mike, just so they can come around and chase me with a camera. Anyway, <laughs> that's something I'm thinking about. But if I was to come on the tour, let's just say theoretically in a month, I have that intern with me on my team and we're going out and doing some work together. What would you take me, take me through like the programs, take me through a day in the life. <laughs> So I, I think, first of all, our residential programs probably are, are other things that I would take you first to. They, they are our spotlight. They've they're, uh, been around a long time. And, um, you know, it's interesting to go to each home, different homes, different types of individuals in the homes, and just see the care that we give and how they live within the, the home because that is their house. So, but, you know, also the FCA. So we were talking about that before. So we have what is called, it used to be called the Family Center for Autism. We recently are rebranding, effective tomorrow actually, um, to the Family Center of Achievement. Will there be a ribbon cutting? Uh, no, not yet. We will okay. do that. Tell, your boy, tell your boy, tell your boy. I don't want to find out when I see the pictures on LinkedIn the next day. Gang, I'm so tired of seeing the pictures on LinkedIn at an event I should have been at. So call me the day before, everybody. I don't want to see the pictures the next day. So tell me when that's coming. Family Center for Achievement. So that'll be a couple of, you know, we'll, we'll do the rebranding. I mean, the, the official rebranding in a couple of weeks. But the reason we did that was it was interesting. You know, we, we sat around, we were having one of our meetings with the team, and we kind of said, you know, the Family Center for Autism, even though we, we do a heavy population in the autism spectrum, we said, you know, we want to be more inclusive. So we said, you know, how can we do that? So the first thing we thought about was changing our name to Achievement. Because uh -huh. the Family Center for Achievement, that's what the Family Center is all about. It's achievement. Right. It's, a, it's about helping people. We do both social skills and, um, and um, you know, skill building there, thing, living skills like cooking and um, painting. And um, we, we have Zumba, physical activity. But it's really a, a socialization type program where, you know, we're bringing people, uh, individuals together to work with each other, to learn about, you know, each other, but also to socialize and to get more comfortable within that setting. And, it, and it's been very, we have some great people over there that, that run the place. Um, we, we run classes throughout the week, mostly Saturday and Sundays is our bigger class or more of our, our volume. Um, but we continue to look at that program every session, we call it. And we continue to change programs, add programs. You know, I'm a firm believer, I like to get more into early development type stuff. We're, we're working with younger younger children and their parents to make this journey together. 
mm-hmm. through the whole process. Because technically, from our organization, you go from A to Z. Yeah. You know, and, and we kind of really want to be there to help people. So the FCA is a very exciting program. We're kind of we're going to rebrand it. We're, it's, a, it's really you know to achieve goals, and, and it's a place for all. It's open to the whole community. And one of the things that we've noticed that has changed is we need to incorporate more of this community focus. You know, it's just not a place with special needs. You can bring anybody there. Yeah. We can teach art to anybody. Yeah. We can teach cooking to anybody. So we're trying to open up our doors to the whole community to integrate more people together. And, you know, this, this will give us an opportunity to really help families that need the help and to, and to enrich people that are in our programs. You know, yeah. the other thing that's exciting with us is we have our day hat program where we bring people into communities. Uh, with present, right now we have over 250 people in that program or 240 people in the program. Um, and we continue to grow that program. And, you know, that's where we take individuals and we, we're in the community. We're doing volunteer work for like the book fairies. For I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you that, especially, you know, knowing your connection to book fairies. Gang, shout out. If you don't know book fairies, please, but you're not paying attention to the show, but you need to know book fairies. You know, my friend Eileen Minogue is, is just an incredible leader and, and Amy Zaslansky, an incredible founding leader. And they have found, I was at a meeting at Malloy yesterday around best practice, Malloy College, excuse me, Malloy University here on Long Island yesterday. I had the opportunity to get invited to a best practices uh, conference um, uh, panel discussion for uh, nonprofits. And, uh, you know, it was just thinking in terms of one of the questions that came up around you know founders and and how that legacy changes and i always think of when i talk about an organization that really got it is amy and eileen over at book fairies and how they're still able to collaborate you know amy knew where it was time to bring in a leader to and you know uh an established executive leader um where Amy could focus on different parts of, of the organization and Eileen can then kick it up a notch in some ways. And there's such grace around that particular relationship. And we featured them on, um, here on philanthropy and focus, but certainly also, um, uh, in my nonprofit executive leadership roundtables. and that dynamic that they have is, is just so special. And I know though, many of the relationships that Amy created, uh, are with organizations like yours, Mike, that are the, these individuals, these participants and programs are, are doing what gang they're getting uh they're getting on a bus or a van they're going to a place to pick up books bring those books to book fairies and then some of those books that are getting back out into community they're making an impact these these individuals right again people have different skill sets some people can do graphic design work some people can do this this other type of work to make an impact right mike i mean it's so special what what are some of the other programs or that that the day have gets involved with we do. Uh, we we go to uh, farms. We work at um, ponytails. We did that. We uh, hair we that was cool. Hair we share. Hair we share. Oh, hair we share. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Dean Riskin. Oh, hair uh, we share. Yeah, yeah they're, they're actually uh, finalists in uh, the uh, Rising Star category, the Vanguard yeah. Benefits Rising Star Imagine Awards. Yep. We some food banks. We also volunteer at some of the farms. Um, but you know, again, we we look at. We go out and solicit organizations that need our help, and you know the, the the people that we serve love it because it gives them something to do, gives them a purpose in their life, and um, we, we're always looking for new opportunities where we can help, you know, do things, you know, on a volunteer basis. But book fairies has been one of our biggest uh, um, areas, so you know, biggest uh, organizations we work for. And um, Eileen has treated us very well. Oh, my God. Such such special leaders. Gang, if you're a leader in the nonprofit sector and and you want to connect with um, Eileen, you you know, she's so giving. She's so thoughtful for the sector. She's such and just a special, special leader. Um, You know, that's what I know about nonprofit folks is like they roll up their sleeves and go, what do you need? You know, how can I help? Let me wait, wait, you have your own organization to run. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm doing that. And that's cool. But what, how can I help you? And those are the people that I hang out with, the people who just are, are giving, giving, giving of their time. You know, we talk, we, we, yeah, Mike. We, we just opened a store in our building at yep. 1501, where we sell, um, you know, all products. It's almost like a convenience store, but it's actually operated by our, our residents. It's very, it's, it's been well received and, um, you know, we're always looking for ways of making people feel like they have a purpose. Yeah. And, it, and it's really important to have, you know, 
you know, I, I guess a philosophy where you're always looking to get them out outside. We want we don't want them sitting in a home. We don't we don't sitting in a classroom. We want them out in a community, socializing with all types of people and learning a trade or learning a skill, which hopefully in some cases turns into a job. In some cases, they do in supermarkets and things sure. like that. There's sure. a whole uh, employment services we do. So, you know, when I say we're A to Z, we're A to Z. And I guess the last segment we'll talk about workforce, which is the next evolution in our growth. Yeah. And this program we're, we're developing um, is, is going to be cutting edge. We're actually in the process of putting plans together. Um, we're almost close to going for permits. But, you know, it's workforce is going to take us to another level of how we, you know, help yeah. you know get people to feel like they have a purpose and uh, what a, what a difference mike yeah we're gonna take a break well, i want to hear workforce when we come back we're gonna when we come back we're gonna talk about events what you need how we can help and how the community can help but workforce is so interesting because if you think about and uh, you know I, i'm gonna get like historic here and i share gang on facebook if you don't know the story about willowbrook and when vicky schnapps victoria schnapps uh and geraldo rivera uh went out to willowbrook um, you got to check out the story and understand that. But just what a difference in our uh, our history as to treating folks and and supporting folks and giving them what they need um, versus the way it had been done in in only you know this population had been served only a short time ago. Uh, but I mean, workforce, job, uh, vocational training, all this stuff is what we should be doing for everyone. That's what we're supposed. I'm pissed off for greatness, gang. Like this is the stuff we're supposed to be doing. And as a society, we're making the right impact. Uh, not everywhere, not every day, but we're continuing to evolve. And that's where we need to even have the grace and compassion for ourselves as leaders in this world is getting things done you know, but it may not be right away, but we're doing the work. When we come back, let's talk about workforce. I've seen, I've seen the photos. I've seen the, the not renderings, but I've seen some blueprints recently and things like that and whatever. Not, not sure what I can say, what I can't say, but you can share with us when we come back about what's coming, about what you need and about, we got a golf outing and we got an Easter lunch. We'll talk about that stuff when we come back. It's your boy, Tommy D. Right back. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the Nonprofit Sector Connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on TalkRadio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on TalkRadio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Join me every single Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time, like, but don't physically show up at the attic, like, but just join me here on Philanthropy and Focus on Facebook or on YouTube or wherever you found this or listen streaming on talkradio.nyc. I got to tell you something, gang, when you want something, 
just ask for it. Just put it out there in the universe, put it out to the community. And I'll tell you why I would say such a thing, because as I watch us here on Facebook, Mike, which is funny to watch me here on Zoom and then see me on that monitor. I mean, I'm a big Tommy D fan, probably the biggest, but like uh, some, there's even too much for me sometimes. But as I'm watching on Facebook, I'm seeing Suzanne Wittenberg says uh, from Spirit of Hunting, Sam from our Spirit of Huntington team is a videographer, filmmaker by education and degree. And Yolanda Rabano Gross says, I have the perfect kid for you, film and photo major at Five Towns, and his parents will be there tonight, meaning where I'm going tonight with Yolanda, I'll see these folks. So if you have a specific ask, remember, I am the nonprofit sector connector. It's all about connections, it's all about relationships. If you have something you need, do yourselves a favor and freaking ask for it and say it because now I might have to have hold interviews for something that I just came up with this morning as an idea. So Mike Billia, I think this is a good segue if I know how to do one, but what does your organization need? What is upcoming? How can we help? Is, is or are there specific asks that you have right now? So, you know, we, we, of course, I think every organization needs some fundraising so we, we continue to do our golf outing on the 14th at Old Westbury, 15th. the 15th, 15th, I'm sorry, 15th, the 15th yep. uh, at, um, at Old Westbury. You know, we look for more community involvement. You know, we're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for people to help us out. Uh, we're looking for people to work on fundraisers for us separate. Just had a young, uh, actually, um, Vicky's grandson, Blake, just raised $1,100 during March Madness for us. I love it. the goodness of his heart. And, and that's where we're, we we like the grassroots type stuff. We yeah. like people that, you know, we'll do little fundraisers just to get people involved. We do a walk. We're going to do, be doing a walk in September. Last year, we had, uh, you know, a couple of hundred people show up to it. And, you know, it's it's not always about raising the money. It's it's more about the getting the community more involved and, people, and more awareness to what we do. And I think once people realize what we do and the goodness that we do, they want to be involved. Yeah. And then it's easy to ask. It's easy to get volunteers. So, you know, if I had one ask, I would just have some people, you know, contact us. If you don't know what we do, if you want to be involved, if you have some time to help out, to, to work in a, you know, help out in a home, help out on the FCA as a volunteer, we, we would love that. Um, you know, the workforce and is is a new program we're coming out with. Um, we were very fortunate, the Kafakis family, who Lynn is our chairperson, their family is, we're gonna be doing a partnership with them with a building um, in Garden City, it's 24,000 square feet. And we're gonna really, um, we're, we're putting it together a, a plan to make that into a, a, a place where we can teach people job skills so they can work in the, in the private and public sector or just have a purpose in life because not yeah. everyone will get to that so it's it's under we're right now we're in the planning stages we have the building where we're kind of working out the plans around the classrooms we'll have a full gym there full-size gymnasium which would be great awesome. um you know a major art room major music room but more importantly we're going to be doing card detailing uh, we're going to be teaching how to do card detailing we, Graphics arts that you talked about. Yeah. Um, gardening. Um, we're gonna have a we're, we have a grant for a greenhouse. Uh, the go with state just gave us a seven hundred thirty-five thousand dollar grant to, to help with the build out. So the program is gonna be huge. It's gonna be the next cutting level, the next um, step in our in our evolution as an organization, and we're very excited about it. But we're you know we're in the planning stage, so there's not a whole lot. To tell other than we have some great ideas and usually we our ideas come true so a lot of hard work will be in good shape yeah i'm but, pretty stoked about it i gotta be honest because i sort of you know i found myself in an, in an in a meeting with and got to see your vision and certainly lynn's vision on on what that's all going to be shout out lynn hope you're well it was nice seeing you recently and i just think in terms of uh, what we are doing to serve our population, serve our community is it's a lifelong, you say A to Z, I say lifelong. The point of it is people need different services. Now, people have different skill sets. I joke about it. I know I did it here this morning. Uh, there's things I can do. There's things I cannot do. I want to do the things I'm good at and I want to challenge myself. Everybody wants to do that. Everybody wants to be challenged. Life begins, gang at the end of your comfort zone. So get a little freaking uncomfortable, ask for something, ask for help and go and get that certificate, that training, whatever it is that you want to do. Just go freaking do it. Like go do it. 
Like, I don't care. Great. That, that was great. So go do it. Like, that's how I treat it with my kids is like, well, that's tough. Yeah. Life is difficult sometimes, but what do we do? We get support, we get help, and we empower people to be the best that they can be. And I, I am so excited to 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 be a to be just a witness to what's going to happen at that building that you're talking about because it looks so so special. I mean, car detailing. There's a skill set that somebody might be able to do and learn and and be super interested in. And you know, when there's attention to detail, I don't know if you know this, but I sit on the um, uh, I'm involved with the state advisory board for. Best Buddies International, and there's a young man named Zach Smith who works as a statistician for the NFL. Um, I will tell you, many people, myself included, would not be very good as a statistician for the NFL because I can't pay attention very long with my ADHD, man. But, like, you know, not everybody's going to run a radio show and be able to manipulate all the things and stuff that I do. So it's where is your zone of of just expertise and super interest and where's your zone of genius find it and sometimes if you can't find it you need help to find it and i think that's a lot of what you're talking about mike is is that sort of work mike we are running out of time which i promised you earlier in this week we would run out of one thing and not the other we would not run out of words certainly not mikey b and tommy d would not that would never happen but we would run out of time so i want you to just leave us with a message something we can know about something we can connect with life's work in yourself i i would just like to say thank you to everyone that works in this field i think it's um god bless everyone it's a it's a it's a very rewarding job but i know there's there's struggles with you know money and stuff like that so my heart goes out to everyone that's in this field i want to say thank you because without the people that work in this field, we'd be in a mess. So I really just want to say shout out to say thank you to all yeah. the people that work in this industry. Yeah, right on. I, I echo that. Thank you for all you do. Thank you to the sector. Um, thank you to the leaders in the sector. Thank you to those who are on the front lines. I mean, I was thinking real quick, a story, um, an organization that I know very well who's in a similar, uh, has similar services to your organization, Mike, and he, and he you know, Sometimes you're, when you're dealing with uh, with individuals with either intellectual developmental disabilities or mental health issues, it can get physical. And sometimes, you know, uh, you know, an employee could could be injured. Uh, and this woman was telling me a situation happened that it happened on a Tuesday, and on Wednesday she was back at the, back at the group home serving this community because that's what she loved and that's what she wanted to do. So, uh, it, all all the love and compassion to the people who are doing this work, all all the appreciation to you, Mike and and Vicky and the team over at Life's Work. And I will uh, apparently I have uh, some interns now out, out of the show. Now I'm going to have the, I'm going to have a, my own paparazzi or paparazzo. I'm not sure what's plural and what's singular anymore. But if you want to, if I have maybe I'll have two photographers and a videographer. Dream big, Tommy D. That's what I always say. Listen, Mike, I appreciate you. Appreciate your friendship. I look forward to to riding in a golf cart with you again sometime this spring. Let's make it happen. And just let's gang. Listen, keep plugging into the show because you make me happy by showing up and listening to what I'm talking about with these folks. Make it a great day, everybody. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges 
That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 